here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.9 FM in Port Elizabeth. Right, shifting gears completely now. I've always wanted to be a genius. The question is, is it too late to be a genius? I think you are all raising your hands saying, of course, I also wanted to be a genius. Dr. Melanie Diyaha, who is a neurodevelopment scientist, is joining me on the line. Melanie, is it too late for me to try and shift gears and pump up something and become a genius? Uh, I don't think you need to shift any gears, ma'am. You are a genius, but it's never, ever too late. As long as there's breath and there's, there's life, there's a possibility of change. Oh, that charm's going to get you everywhere, I mean, Melody. So, so where does it begin? You know, how soon can I influence a baby's intelligence, so to speak? I mean, I may be phrasing it incorrectly, but at what point can we begin to influence the brain's development? The the amazing thing is, and most of us don't do it, but preconception, even before you've conceived the baby, you can contribute to the intellect of that baby. It's actually common sense. If we think about it, we just don't think about it. But the quality of the sperm and the quality actually determines the quality of the baby. Okay. Look, is, so h- how yeah. do I manage the quality of my egg and the quality <laughs> of his sperm even before conception? You see, the thing with the egg, it's a little bit tricky because a baby girl is born with all the egg cells she would ever, ever release in her life. Isn't that amazing? So her mother's health actually determines the quality of the egg cells that little girl, which later becomes a woman, mm-hmm. will um, be able to contribute to form a baby. With men, it's vastly different. Mm-hmm. Every 104 days, a man produces new sperm. Ah, oh, okay. So in 104 days, preconception, a man has the, the amazing opportunity to adjust his lifestyle if his lifestyle needs to be adjusted in, in such a way that quality of sperm is far greater and therefore the chances of an intelligent child far greater as well. Okay, so the man has a chance to renew himself every hundred and how many days? Okay, so they get they get second chances all the time. I mean, this is so unfair. And then you've, you kind of have to live what you have. You know, you've got it now and you can't take it back as a woman. You have a, you have a tremendous because your health as a mum, once you're pregnant, your, what you think about changes the chemistry of your body. What you because think you, about? Yes. Did you say what you think about? Okay. Thoughts, yeah, thoughts and emotions create chemistry in the body. I mean, if you're anxious, if you're worried, if you're constantly waiting for the worst to happen, your body follows and it creates the hormones and the chemistry that will support you in, to survive. Hmm. So because that baby's in the same soup, in a manner of speaking, that means the baby's ability to, to or, or the baby, baby's chemistry also develops the, the, the um, chemistry for anxiety, but it can also create the, the chemistry for love, compassion, contentment. So the more the mom feels content, the more she has loving thoughts, the more she's, the happier she is the greater the chances that her little one will be more proficient 
more able to produce happy hormones. So this is before conception, right? So you need to be happy before you think about conceiving, mom. And daddy, you need to start looking after yourself. So let's talk about this renewal business and how he can look after himself and have a great lifestyle. What what kind of things should he be doing preparing for this conception? Well, obviously, it would be things like watch the alcohol. If there's any kind of social drugs or whatever involved, stay away as far as possible. If there's a lot of stress, if in any way possible, jog, do something to relax in a positive and healthy way because um, that can really contribute to the quality of the sperm that's produced. Um, very interesting, hot bath, <laughs> being in hot water um, has begun to be, have a negative influence as cycling. Negative? It's excessive. Okay, yes, negative so, so this is yeah. for the man? Yes, it's overheating. Overheating has a negative influence <laughs> on the quality of what can be produced. So the guys at the at the cycling right now are not good candidates. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let's not say that. Okay, you know? okay. So he shouldn't be cycling, you know? right? He should he should stay away he from the cycling. bike. Yes, but you know the thing is everything in moderation, isn't it? I mean, so normal. No, no, but but, but look, is... if you're looking for a man at Tour de France, that's not moderation. <laughs> Right? I mean, it doesn't sound to me like that's moderation. No, no, no. So no, you, no, no, you no, shouldn't no. be looking there. Okay, that's fine. We shouldn't be looking at the guys at Tour de France. We should just look the other way. And and he should not be taking hot baths. So those steam rooms are a no-no. Yeah, yeah. You see, the moment there's high temperature, yes, it has been found to have a negative in, input um, or impact on sperm production. Okay. All right. And then… That's too, me. And so then the conception happens. What's with yeah. the music to the tummy? Does it work at all? You know, the story about, you know, bring Bach next to the baby, classical music and all of that stuff. Is that all nonsense? It's not nonsense. You know, that baby is, is being conceived in an environment. Mm. And it is amazing that, pre -con uh, that pre-birth conditions contribute to your culture and your ability to fit culture. Mm -hmm. So if Bach is part of your culture, play Bach in the room, but not on the belly. <laughs> you know, sometimes people... <laughs> <laughs> no, Melody, no, 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 no. Listen, people who have never heard of Bach are told about Bach only when they start reading about their newborn baby or the baby that they've I just know. conceived and they now start to have this Bach culture they've never known before and then they buy these little things that they stick next to the tummy and play Bach that they've never heard before. And you're saying nonsense. You see, the thing is, if the baby needed direct musical stimulation, there would have been some kind of a surround sound system. It's not natural. If the music is playing in the room and the baby is exposed to that music, that's natural. Are you with me? Mm. So putting music or light on your belly, you see what happens is the baby responds, the baby moves. Mm -hmm. And because the baby moves and you play music or you shine a light on your tummy, many people read it as a positive sign. Mm. They say, well, the baby's responding. Well, what if the baby's trying to get away from it? Mm. I have full faith in nature mm. and nature's ability to know what's best. And that baby gets ample in uterus stimulation. That baby hears mom's heartbeat the whole time. Mm. She hears mom's digestion. She or he 
use the flow of blood through her veins. Mm. And when her tummy grumbles, the baby hears that. The baby hears faulted language. Because it's amazing. As the mom is speaking, um, the vibration of speech creates an impact down the spine, the mom's spine, and into the baby's body that influences the amniotic fluid. You must remember the whole body is covered by hair. Mm. And these hairs act like antenna. They pick up vibration. Huh. So there's tremendous in utero stimulation. The baby doesn't need more stimulation in utero. There's ample. We overstimulate, oh. and there's actually thoughts that it may contribute to attention deficit and hyperactive behavior afterwards because too much unnecessary stimulation can actually create anxiety. Melody, is this why we possibly can explain why children who are taught in their mother tongue respond better academically than those who have an adaptive language? Absolutely, because they've been exposed to mother's tongue for nine months. Yes, the baby can also pick up dad's tongue, meaning dad's language, his voice. So they can bond with that pre-birth. But obviously, because mom's there all the time, and baby is more exposed to mother tongue, and that's why we call it mother tongue and not father's tongue. <laughs> so the ear is predisposed. The, the ear is tuned in. It's amazing. Every language works like a radio and Every language is on a different frequency. Mm. So the ear works like a radio station. It tunes in, and it tunes in pre-birth to mother tongue. <laughs> so that baby, remember it. Pre-birth stimulation is all preparation to fit into a culture, a very specific culture. So, so that baby hears mom's speech, which tickles a certain frequency in the ear that, that makes it easier for baby to recognize mom's voice. Because that baby, once that baby is born, birth is traumatic for a baby, not the process of birth, but the transition from life in utero to life in life is a huge experience. It's a tsunami of experience. So the more nature can, can prepare a baby to find that anchor, which is mom, after birth, through her smell. And we'll talk about smell just now if there's time. Mm-hmm. But through her voice. Look, a baby doesn't see mom in utero. So the baby doesn't know what mom looks like. The baby doesn't recognize mom for quite a while after birth. But a baby can pick up mom, can recognize mom's voice. But what is even more amazing is research has found that if you take a newborn baby, five babies, okay? No, I took nonsense. Five moms. Yes. One baby, five moms. Mm-hmm. That baby will be able to pick out their mom, will respond to their mom, not through sight, not through hearing, but through smell. Because <laughs> everything that mom eats during her pregnancy, you know, again, it's the fruits of my culture. Mm. Flavors the amniotic fluid to prepare that baby's palate, that baby's nose, that baby's palate, to enjoy and feel safe and comforted by the smells and the taste of my, of my culture. So then, if that's the case, how do I then help this baby develop, develop better? Or, you know, as I said, we want to create geniuses, right? So how do I make this child smarter if you've just now managed to debunk the whole thing about music? No, it doesn't work. Is there a way to make your child develop better? The best way to help your baby 
while baby preconception and while baby is in utero is to look after yourself, mm. especially the mum. Obviously, dad, before he's, he's donated his, his, his genes yes. during conception, but thereafter, the most you can do for your baby is to look after mom's health, All right. mom's thoughts, her mm. stress levels, what she eats, her nourishment, that she continues to move. I don't say exercise um, and trying to do the comrades or the Tour de France or anything like that, <laughs> but to move because that movement, it's healthy. It creates oxygen flow in the body. And you must remember the brain guzzles oxygen. If it's oxygen deprived, that's when there's, there's an impact on intellect. So you want a happy, relaxed baby. A happy, relaxed mom produces a happy and relaxed baby. A happy mom that, that moves about and breathes deeply and laughs often contributes tremendously to the oxygen level in the baby's brain that creates a more intelligent, but definitely also more emotionally intelligent, happy baby. All right. Let's take a call from Nelson K. Nelspreet. Hi. Hello, madam. Hello. How are you? Now are you, Madam Pamela? You are, this is my first time to call you on this program, but I used to call before, but it's fine. Thank okay, you. I wanted to give an example, Madam, on my side. Yeah? Yes. Uh, I remember very well when I married my wife. After marrying her, she was pregnant in the first baby. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Then we used to hear about that, whatever. But when we were about to sleep, always. I used to put on comedy, Mr. Bean, whatever, so many comedy. But we used to laugh when we were about to sleep. But after that, I used to listen to me. Don't laugh at me. I used to listen. After watching comedy, yeah. I listened on the stomach of my wife. But the baby was kicking, was kicking. We said baby because of laughing too much. But afterwards, we heard from the doctor that, no, it's not bad. But I'm telling you, our firstborn, now it's about to 12 years. Eh? Yes. But the, the boy is... Excited. Okay, he can get cross, but not always. Even if you make him cross, it can't take five minutes without being happy. You understand? Mm, so, okay, yes. I'm advising on my side. That thing can can be helpful from him. I understand because it. I made as an experiment. <laughs> no, that is that is actually quite priceless. Nelson says he used comedy, and the baby now doesn't ever get cross. Melody, I mean, <laughs> I want that kind of a baby. <laughs> no, maybe if possible, one time I phone you, then we meet in the studio, then you see him. He's quite big with Ibrahim. But I'm telling you sincerely, that boy, I like the boy too much. But, okay, because he's our firstborn, but also I like the others, not that I don't <laughs> No, like no, no, it's the okay. Others. They're not listening. It's okay. You can have a favorite. Melody, I mean, is this a solution to our world problems? Put uh, comedy at mummy's tummies and then the world will be a happy place. <laughs> yes, madam. Okay, it might work out because sometimes we find yeah. a person in the parking whatever. You get close, whatever. You ask, what happened to this person? You understand? <laughs> but sometimes if you make somebody happy, eh, yes. that person can change but all um, right. his or her mind. Go ahead, Melody. Go ahead. You're absolutely right. If you look at, at international research, there's a thing called laughter therapy because with laughter comes positive hormones, comes positive chemistry. So, I, honestly, this is, this is marvelous. If you want to be anything close to the baby, rather laugh than cry. <laughs>
<laughs> Listen, we'll take more of your calls uh, and when we come back, uh, the number is 891 Should we be doing that, Melody? I don't know. Maybe playing comedy for all for all pregnant mothers out there. The world may be a happier place. That's a suggestion. We'll take more of your calls when we get back. SAFM 104-107 Nationwide we are discussing brain development. Uh, Melody tells me it's never too late. I'm not sure what that means, but she says it's never too late if you want to be a genius. We can all manipulate that. And uh, she's dispelled some myths. She says, no, putting that radio to your tummy is not going to be the thing. So, Melody, I mean, look, there are situations where the baby arrives and things aren't good, you know, and people go through all kinds of uh, blaming games. You know, I should have done this. I should have done that. To what extent? Extent, could we influence the baby's development seriously uh, in, a, in a negative way? Um, we can influence the baby's life in a negative way. Pre-birth in terms of health, after birth in the lack of stimulation or the lack of appropriate stimulation. Mm. So if a baby is deprived, there's so many cases where babies are absolutely deprived of contact. Mm. And please, if I use the word stimulation, I'm not talking about toys. Babies don't need toys. They need contact with a caring adult. Because the way we touch, the way we look at somebody, the way we speak with them, we, we are conveying to them, you are important. You are important enough for me to pay attention to you. And in that way, you really give the brain a tremendous boost. Where if you neglect a baby, if you don't, you know, you feed and you clean when you have to. But for the rest of it, there's very little, there's very little touch or contact. There's international research that shows us that's why there's such an increase in autism. So what's autism? That inability to connect with yourself and with other people. That obviously impacts on one's ability to to communicate, to speak, to listen, to connect. If you can't um, connect, how do you um, speak and listen? Or how do you listen and speak in in that sequence? So as parents, we can really influence the development of our children tremendously. Breastfeeding is one of those things because it's such a superfood. Mm. But there's so, as you said, you know, so often it doesn't help. Guilt is, is, is useless. It's like sitting in a rocking chair. You're busy, but you're going nowhere. So what happened, happened. But what is important is if you realize once a baby is born that maybe my baby is a little bit different from other babies, mm. do something immediately. There's a thing called the first thousand days. And yeah. That's from the moment of conception to more or less the age of two. It's the time when in our lives as human beings, the brain develops the most, the physical brain. So it's the time in which if you want to change anything in the brain, it's the time to do it. And that's why I said earlier on, it's never too late. You can be in your 90s and you can still change the structure of your brain. You can still improve your brain. Because your brain is not a piece of machinery or equipment that wears out. Your brain develops with use. So the more you use your brain, the more it develops. So when we consciously parenting, and if I say consciously parenting, parents don't have to go on a workshop to parent. They must just follow the instinct. Your knowledge sits in your heart. And that's what makes me so excited about our country, because even in the most rural of communities, you will find mothers with brilliant babies, without a single toy, without a single book, or even 
a little bit of neuroscience, but instinctively they know what's good for their baby. Mm. So the, the, the first thousand days that you're referring to, you know, uh, not all of us are going to be lucky enough to have that wonderful, nurturing, warm kind of upbringing. Could, could you possibly lose out on the best development if something traumatic happens at that time, or are you able to catch up? No, you can catch up. Mm. You can catch up, but there's a couple of conditions to it. Number one, you must want to. You must want to. I'm talking now as an elf. Yes, yes. You must want to catch up. And then you need to have some kind of guidance because, you know, they, they often say we're unconsciously incompetent. Mm. Unconsciously incompetent means I don't know, I don't know. So I really don't know. Mm. So sometimes if people, you know, if you feel... But I've missed out. I, I know, I feel in my heart I can be so much more, but it's like something is pulling me back all the time. Then you are knowing. That's, that's wonderful. Now you're consciously incompetent. You know something. Now that's when you need a guide sometimes, or a coach, or somebody, a pastor, somebody that understands the human development and that can help you make sense of what you're feeling and help you to make sense of... Um, what are the areas in your life we are repeatedly battling? Which which stuff stands in front of you repeatedly? Because that's what we need to change. Or um, and for that you need you you sometimes need a bit of guidance. You see, our approach at the institute is we always mimic nature because I mean I, I assume nature knows. We've been around for a couple of million years, so mm. somehow the, the, the program must work. So if you look at human nature, and the best way to develop the brain is through physical movement, love and physical movement. So if there's care, oh, you can get rid of a lot of nonsense. Mm. If there's love, but it starts with self-love as well, self-acceptance, and accepting the responsibility to change because blame doesn't work. You see, you know, what happens so often, a hurt mom falls pregnant, but she's still hurting herself. So how can she give fully if she's still hurting? Are you with me? I do. I am so with you. Let me ask you, my last question is, okay, we've spoken about what could go wrong. How can you help it become better? So how do I help a normal brain become a super brain? Well, look after your own health. Make sure that there's enough oxygen in your body, which means get to nature. That means watch your stress levels. There's a, a bit of a myth, but it's a handy myth. That says everybody is issued a certain number of breaks during course of life. And once you've used them up, you expire, you die. Mm. It's not exactly like that, mm. but it's actually a very handy myth because it means the more you stress, the shorter your, the more shallower your breathing the quicker you breathe, the quicker you die. So looking after your stress levels, actually not looking after your stress levels, figuring out what do I need to do to be less stressed. If I need to change something, change it. If I need to study something, study it. If I need to let something go, let it go. But do what you need to do to get rid of as much of the stresses in your life as possible. And for the baby who's already born, Melody? Well, when that baby is born, create as many opportunities for that baby to interact with loving, kind adults. 
You see, because when that baby is, is interacting with a loving, kind adult, they automatically expose the child to nature. They would automatically create games and laugh. They would automatically touch and hold the baby, carry the baby on the body sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. Because if the baby is on the body all the time, it limits their visual development. We don't want that um, in that thousand days because it may impact on their literacy levels later, their ability to read and write. So exposing a child, be very selective who you expose your little one to. Because in a loving environment where where there's care, there would instinctively be stimulation. And if I talk about stimulation, it means expose a baby to what is natural in your environment. That's cooking. Then let them be in the area when you are cooking. Name what you're cooking. This is a carrot. This is this is potato. I'm stirring the potato because that exposure is inclusion, and that inclusion develops the brain. Just remember, language is the tools of thought. Mm. So it's important that that baby experiences love because it lowers stress levels. It pushes more oxygen to the brain, and then when you talk to that baby, you you expand that clever little brain. To, to be able to understand language and to relate to others and learn from others. Mm-hmm. There's always a lot that we can do um, if you really want to. It's possible and it doesn't have to cost a fortune. Really, really wonderful insights there. Dr. Melody Yacha, who is a brain development specialist and such insight. Thank you very, very much for that. Yeah, so she says it's possible. We can actually all grow to be geniuses. Well, we'll try and let's see how we're doing maybe in a year's time, uh, Dr. Melody Yacha. And that conversation will be available as a podcast. Be sure to tune in from three to six. Uh, Lizette Khan will be sitting in for Maschaba Mloto and uh, uh, I really want to thank my team. I want to thank Butlogwa Matosa and uh, Busane Marole, Tato Maporoma and Puluso Mushala for all your assistance this afternoon. Thank you very much and thank you to you as well. And we'll keep you posted with what's happening in Pretoria. And we do also want to say we want to send our condolences to the Meiua family uh, where they've lost their father, uh, Dr. Sam. It wasn't so doctor, but uh, Sam Meiua, who is Senzo Meiua's father. And uh, it is a sad day because um, he passes on not having had closure as we all know that case still not going anywhere and uh, you know I, I suppose the family uh, is completely distraught the apparently Mrs. Meiwe as well is just um, just heart heartbroken and uh, we are with them in spirit and I'm sure those details of when funerals and so on will happen will be coming through to the news desk as well and that will be given to you as we go along in the week